0: going to do and the holy spirit spoke to my heart in such a sweet small voice and he said people don't people don't fund the church james i do god takes care of the church and so we had a couple that came in and and this is crazy uh and i just talked to this guy ye- yesterday he called me from wyoming and and uh he came him and his wife came to the church and he said uh uh pastor um, you know we want to we, we love the church we love we love the preaching we love the people we love the people. The people are great. And so we were getting done with our building. We were building the student center. We built our student center debt-free by the grace of God. And so I think that brings glory to Jesus. And so we were a little bit short. And he comes and he says, uh, me and my wife want to give you this. And they gave a, a gift of 20000 And so I was like, you know what, God, you're, you're big. So as far as God taking care of the church, I know that he takes care of that. But as we think about giving ourselves, it, it's not about whether you give $2 or 20000 It's about where your heart is and how you give. And so I want to talk about the different facets of our I Give campaign. And I want to start out with talking about families. Okay. So here's my question to you. Do families matter? I think the better question is, do families matter to God? Yeah. So when we think about the Christmas story, let's think about this. Jesus was born into a family. Right? Jesus, he grew up in a family. I see Annabelle with grandpa right there. And they're, you know, Mike Mike's never played with dolls until he had Annabelle. And now he's play, he's got the doll. She she don't even have it, he's holding the doll. Right? <laughs> And so we, we find out here that, that Jesus let her play with, it's her doll, bro. It's not your doll. <laughs> Jesus grew up in a family. okay. And, and we never think about, it doesn't say a lot in the Bible about him growing up. But he played, he, 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 he did things that normal kids do. And, and so he grew up in a family. Jesus, he found love in a family. How do we know that? Because we see that Mary, his mother, was at, the, at, at the, his crucifixion. She was the one that stayed true to him. And she stayed right there by his side. He found love in a family. And, and, and then Jesus, he brought love into a family. So I think that families matter a whole bunch to God. And we can ask ourselves this question. What is God willing to give for the restoration of a family? What is he willing to give to restore a family? I believe that God was willing to bankrupt heaven because he sent the very best. He sent his son. He emptied heaven and sent the very best. Not only for individuals, but for the world. The Bible says God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. So that anyone that will believe in him or trust in him will not perish but they'll have everlasting life. And, and the Bible even says that we have an abundant life when we walk with, with Christ. So it's an everlasting life and it's abundant life that we have. So um, I want us to kind of think about, I've been in this smart device thing and and, uh, and and thinking about apps and things like that. So as we go through this, you can also look on your on your smart devices and find all kinds of generosity apps and things that will help people to be generous because I don't, care if you walk with God or you don't walk with God, everyone likes to give. Amen? Yeah. Except in the, secular, in the secular world, they say, this is what I've given. In the Christian world, we, we say things like this, God has allowed for us to be a blessing. In the secular world, we say, look at me. Look at what I've done. Look at what I gave. I gave a million dollars. I gave this. I gave that. In the, in the Christian circle, we say this, God has allowed for us to bless others. Big difference right there, but everyone wants to give. And so um, as we go into part one, the, the, the title is hashtag families matter. And if you want to uh, tweet something on Twitter, on our, on our page, you know, you can tweet, go to hashtag um, LWC, I give, and, and that will come up on the screen, or it will be on our, on, our, on our Twitter page. So, so do that if you'd like. Um, I want us to go to Matthew. I want us to go to the gospel. And I want us to look at where Jesus talks to his disciples, and they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And he, he, he tells them a statement that I think we need to appropriate today. We need to grab a hold of because it's so important. And that statement is just how much not only families matter, but how much children matter. I love it when I hear babies cry at Living Word Chapel. I love it because it says that we care about families. We want babies to be taken care of. We want children to be here. Because Jesus loves children. In fact, this is what he said. Let me pray first. Father, I thank you for this this service today. I just pray your blessing upon every word that I say, Lord God, the things that I've prepared. I ask that you will allow for me to, to communicate them very clearly, Lord God. Um, and uh, the things that I haven't prepared, I pray, Father, that, uh, that Lord, by your spirit, I can, I can co- communicate those in a way that's going to glorify you as well. Holy Spirit, we ask for your power, your unction, so that when we leave here, these words won't be empty. They'll be powerful. They'll be, they'll be purposeful. And we can leave here today knowing that you're a generous God and we're a generous people because of you. So we pray this in in your name, Lord Jesus. And everyone said amen. Amen. So I want to go to Matthew chapter 18, verses 2 through 6. And again, we're going to be looking at this passage. And Jesus is talking to them about the rank in the kingdom and, and who's the greatest in the kingdom. But he says something to me that stands out as we talk about families. The Bible in verse 2 says he called a little child to him. And he placed a child among them. And he said, and, and, and so let's just kind of visualize this. He, he, he brings this child and he picks her or him up. It doesn't say if it was a boy or girl. And he, sh- and he shows it to the, to the disciples because they're arguing who's going to be the greatest. Now think about this. Don't people argue about who's better and who's worse? Think about our demographics. People live in different places. Does that make you better or worse because of where you live? Not at the cross of Jesus it doesn't. We're all the same. So they were arguing about who's going to be the greatest. And he says, he says truly I tell you, unless you change And become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Here's the thing about children. They don't care about where they came from. They don't care about what house they left. They don't care about the neighborhood they came from. They just want to play. They just want to hang out. He says, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is... uh, greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. He said, if you welcome children, if you, if you embrace them, if you love on them, you're going to love on me. You're going you're gonna to embrace me. You're going to hold on to me. When Mike is, is holding little Annabelle, where, where did Annabelle go? She said, I want, I want Gamma. So, when you're, Gamma's holding little Annabelle right now, and, and when you hold her, Jesus is saying, when you hold a child, it's like you're holding me because he wants children to come to know him. Children open up their hearts to him. Amen? And then he says, if anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them to have a large millstone hung around their neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. I don't know about you, but I would hate to have a heavy object strapped around my neck and for me to be taken down to the depths of the the sea or a lake or whatever it may be and for me to drown. I would hate that. And he said it would be worse for you if you do not welcome a little child. Wow. That's a huge statement. So it speaks to me this important thing. As the church, we have the ability to do three things in the life of families when God brings them into our path. When God brings them into the doors. The first thing that we can do, the first feature, is we need to welcome families. Amen? Families need to be welcomed. You see, beloved, I think that God has no limits on what he will do to welcome people into his family. Jesus went out of his way to get that child and to show his disciples, you want to be great? You need to become like her. You need to become like him. You need to be like this child. God will go out of his way to welcome families into his life. The church is the family of God, and every local church should express the love of God. When you walk into a church, you should feel something different because the love of God should be evident. In fact, the Bible says that when you give your life to Jesus, you are members of God's very own family. You're citizens of God's country, and you belong to God's household with every other Christian. Because of this fact, people should never enter a church without feeling welcomed and should never leave a service feeling alone. Every, every Sunday we have this where I say, um, children, would you please stand up and go to your classes and everyone else stand up and go and give the love of God to someone. Can I tell you Why? Because there may be some people that walk in that they've never had, they haven't had a handshake all week. They haven't had a hug. They haven't had the love of God. Amen. And they can change their lives. What I remember as my first experience of walking in the doors of this church was that people welcomed us with open arms. 20 years ago. I'll, I'll never forget this. And, and Benny Silva, I mean, he was at the top of the list. Benny and Dolores, they were smiling. They were so excited. They were so happy. I was so scared. <laughs> I'm going into this church. I know—I had never been outside of the, the, the denomination I had been in, but I was empty. I, I needed a Savior. And I, I walked in the doors. Shauna, Shauna had gone out looking for churches that maybe we could go and, 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 and visit because I, we were searching. And she went to different churches, and, she, and I, she can tell you this testimony. She would come back and say to herself, she didn't tell me this till later, but she would go visit a church, and she said, nope, we can't go there. They're all wearing suits, and I know, you know, Jamie won't fit in right there. They went to another church. Oh, there's no Mexicans. Can't go there. He's going he's gonna to pop up like a sword thumb. Different. Then she went to Living Word Chapel and they were meeting at the Seventh day Adventist building because they were building, they were beginning to consider building this church. And so she went over there and, and I she said, Babe, I found a church. I, I'd like for you to go if you want to go. We used to fight about church. Because I was from a certain denomination, she was from a certain denomination. We talk about church, we'd fight. She said, Well, you, you know, I'd say, You don't even go to church. She'd say, Well, you go to church, but look what you do during the week. You're <laughs> right. So we went into the church and we were welcomed, and we were, and, and I and I remember they were so excited, and they were singing and 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 worshiping, and then the pastor Bob brought this message. It was so practical; it just it just just hit home. and And, and I'll never forget walking out of the, the out of the the building, and I just felt welcomed. I just felt like if the people loved on me, never, never, never. Never did I dream or consider that I would ever be a pastor. Now think about this. Never, never, never did I think about being a pastor, much less the lead pastor. Because I would have run. But here's the thing, God knew what he was doing. And people welcomed me, and and they and they poured their lives into me and Shauna, and they they cared. And you know what? When they give to the when they gave to the work of the church, I didn't give because I didn't even know what giving was all about in the church. But they gave, and they and they kept everything going, and they played these instruments. Everything takes money, and they gen- generously gave, and because of that. God began to pour into me through different people and I began, began to take seminary courses and it went on and on and on and on. Think about how big that is. I think the words of Jesus are profound. He says, whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. I brought Shauna and I, and I t- I'm talking about me because it's my life, and I got the mic, okay? <laughs> you know, if if you were up here, you'd be talking about your life, but I came in with with three uh, children, and I can still remember that my kids—they were, you know—they had never been in church, and so we would we when we were in the world, we were everywhere that the world did their thing. We were partying. We were doing all these things. And so we came into the church. And my kids, you know, they knew that when we went someplace, they were able to play. So they thought church was play. So they'd crawl under the, the seats and they'd do things like that. And people would be playing soccer with them. No, oh, Go back over there. And <laughs> but they welcomed my family like Jesus welcomed my family. And it made a humongous impact. Uh, think about this, beloved. We think we think about generosity and we think about giving. Let's just put a monetary value, okay? This year, 2015 is coming up. People will pay thousands of dollars to go see the Super Bowl. It's going to be full, and you won't touch a ticket for under. I, I I know it's over a thousand. My prayer is that God's people will give thousands of dollars to see a soul saved. And families restored. They're worth that and more to God. Because the Super Bowl, that game will be over in two hours. If one soul gets saved, it's for eternity. I, I always think about the possibility that one of those children, one of you children that are in here, or the children that are out there in the, in the children's church, I think about the possibility that, that they may become the next youth pastor or a potential leader in the church. Or one of the youth that is being ministered to in our student ministry w- will have their lives transformed with the love of Christ. You know, I am so excited about what I see happening in our student ministry. Because Shauna and her team are investing their time and their lives to make an eternal difference in the lives of youth. Amy Dietz right there, uh, Christy Chavez, Kenny Chavez, they're, they're, uh, they're investing their lives into the youth and we're seeing God do amazing things. In your bulletin, I, I had Shauna put this out because she sends a newsletter every month to all the students. And I thank the giftings of God because Jessica Nehemiah puts this together for her. She helps Shauna. And, and I see God's hands all over the place working. But there, there's a student of the month. And every, every month, this student of the month, they, they write a blurb. And I want to I read two of them. First of all, Peter West. Peter West, he, he said this a couple months ago. He said, I believe that God always hears me when I pray. This month, I knew I had to take a math placement test for Central Arizona College. Now, Peter is a, what are you, a junior or senior in high school? Junior in high school. He's already in, taking college courses. Give him a big hand. Yeah. The night before the test, I studied, I was very, uh, but I was nervous. I prayed for God to give me peace. The next day when I took the test, I was calm and confident. I placed in the highest math that CAC offers. This past month, I have been uncertain in the direction I want to go after I finish high school. So I prayed for direction, and he has shown me the path he planned for me to take. I encourage everyone in school to study and pray. God always hears you and he will give you peace. I also encourage everyone to make him a part of your daily life instead of calling to him only when you need help. That is an investment into the kingdom. That's an investment into the lives of someone. And you see the fruit of that right there. Then Rebecca Head This month is the student of the month, and she put this wonderful article together as well. Give her a hand. Where's Rebecca at? There she is. She said, put some scripture to start it all out. Good woman of God right here. Do not conform to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2. This verse really speaks to me in my life right now. I have learned that as children of God, we have to lean on God in every situation, no matter what it may be. Amen, girl. God will show us what is good and what is from the world if we allow him to. We have free will. But choose to lean on God and he will show you what is good and he will lead us down the right path for our lives. I hope this helps everyone as much as it has helped me. And I pray that we will allow God... To lead us down the right path and help us find our purpose in our everyday lives no matter what gets thrown at us. I encourage everyone to allow him into every aspect of your life. And I promise you will see change. <clears throat> Powerful. Powerful. We invested into a student ministry center and look at what the fruit of that. God is bringing it to fruition. And can I tell you something, parents, if you have children in high school, junior high, they need to be in the student ministry. They get enough of the world in school. You need to have your children in the student ministry so that the purposes of God are are poured into their lives and their lives are changed forever. Now the Bible shows us how important families are because as we read in the New Testament, households got saved. For example, Cornelius. Cornelius was a Gentile, the first Gentile that got saved. And Peter, after he went over there and the Lord moved mightily, he had to explain to the elders in Jerusalem, because they were mad. You went into a, into a Gentile home? And so Peter says these words to them. He said uh, uh, he, about Cornelius and his conversion. He said, the angel spoke to Cornelius. About Peter's words. And this is what the angel said. He said, he will bring you a message through which you and all of your, say with me. Household. Household, Again. Household Household will be saved. Does God care about families? Amen. There's an example with Lydia. Now Lydia came from an affluent family. And they opened their hearts to Jesus. The Bible says one of them was Lydia from Thyatira. A merchant of expensive purple cloths. Who worship God now that tells me that she was affluent that she she was in money because she sold very expensive stuff as she listened to us the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying and she was baptized along with other members of her household. that was weak again household, household. yeah so uh, Lydia and her household got saved. They got baptized here at Living Word Chapel. Every year we have individuals and families get baptized together. This is still happening, beloved, because God cares. You know, we have the the, the Dykes, Judy Dykes and her family, and we do a a baptism in Reddington, Arizona. That's in the middle of nowhere. And every time we do that, we have 7 to 10 people that get baptized, and they come out of the woodworks getting just saved And giving their lives to Jesus. He is amazing. Amen. And I give attitude always takes into consideration that investing into the kingdom is is worth your time and your pocketbook because it's an eternal investment. Amen. It's not temporary. It's eternal. How many people are going to come to Jesus through LWC? I don't know. Only God knows. But we must be ready to welcome them when they come. Every family that comes, everyone is important to God. We should never ignore a family that comes for the first time. You'll see the ones that you see regularly. You'll say, "Dude, I'll talk to you later. How you doing?" God loves you. Amen. The example of the jailer. Paul and Silas were in, in, in jail, and and uh, and the Lord miraculously opened their cell. He took the the the, the stocks off their legs and the. And the locks off their hands, and they, and 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 the jailer was about to kill himself. And Paul Golden talks to him. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved along with your household. And they shared the word of the Lord with him and with all who lived in his household. Even at that hour of the night, the, jail, the jailer cared for them and he washed their wounds. Then he and everyone in his household was immediately baptized. He brought them into his home and he set a meal before them. He and his entire household rejoiced because they all believed in God. Beloved, you can't put a price on this, and it takes us getting an I give attitude to invest into changing families' lives with the love of Jesus. Feature number two okay? Families, not only do they need to be welcomed, but families will be restored. One thing I know for sure is money does not restore people, God does. You can't throw money or or stuff at your children and think they're going to change their behavior. People do that all the time. We live in in a generation where people say, you know what, let me buy you this so that you'll behave. Go play your Nintendo. Go play your Xbox. Go play your thing. That's fine for a little bit, but you need to invest into their lives. Amen. They don't need something to, to, to pacify them. They need someone to pour into them. God's love will always lead his people to invest into the lives of those who need God's transformation. You see, beloved, when families open their hearts to Jesus, they find true love and they find reconciliation. In other words, they're restored. Let me talk about myself again because this is such a true story. Shauna and I came in, we were broken. Our marriage was in shambles. Our lives were messed up. I almost brought a picture that we have one of the only pictures that we that we kept of before we were saved and it 's a picture and, and, and we look good on the outside. Let me just tell you that I, I mean I think so anyways, but i 'm partial but you see that, and I can remember that night that event, just a wasteful life and then I look at the pictures of after we came to Jesus and we were broken, we were, we were so messed up, our, our homes were in shambles, we came to Christ, the church welcomed us, and God began to restore our individual lives and our married life. Let me say this to you right now. God wants to restore your individual lives, but he wants to restore your married life too. And people that have, that have been restored individually make wonderful marriage partners. If you're coming to God saying, you know what, change my wife, that's not the way it works. If you're coming to God and you say, change me so that I can be better for my wife, he works that way. Amen. Yes. So, so we need to understand that God wants to restore people's lives. There will, be pe- there will be individuals as we build this playground. There will be kids that will come in the, the, the doors and they'll go play on that playground. And those, some of those children will desperately need their lives restored. They will desperately need their family's life restored. And guess what? I believe Jesus will do that. There are some of you sitting in here right now and and your your husband or your wife is not with you. And and, and you're just saying, Lord, I'm here. I'm going to remain faithful. God's going to meet you where you're at. God is not done. Amen. He continues to work. The breakdown of our society, beloved, the breakdown of our society will not be fixed by politics. The breakdown in our society is that marriage is trying to be redefined, not by people, but by the devil. And and what's going to fix our society is not going to be fixed by a government or by a philosophy. It's going to be fixed by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because when people come to Jesus, your mind changes and your heart changes. Alex, you said it right. There has to be a heart change before there's a mind change. You know what I mean? My my whole mind changed when I gave my heart to Jesus Christ. And I began to see things differently. People are going to get restored through the power of the living God. And when they do, their whole minds will be changed and marriages will be made right. I believe it with all my heart. Now, so you're here and you're saying, pastor, but uh, I'm going through a divorce or I've been divorced There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. But now it's time to do things right. Now it's time to lay your foundation on the foundation of God, which is my next point. So we can't go there yet. Okay? Let me give you some scripture, though, about restoration. John the Baptist was prophesied about in the Old Testament in Malachi. And it said this, I will send the prophet Elijah to you before the great and dreadful day of, that the Lord comes and he will turn the hearts of parents to their children and the hearts of children to their parents. I'm confident that God will continue to restore marriages and he will continue to restore families and he wants everyone at LWC to be a part of it. Now the Old Testament prophecy became a reality as the angel Disclosed to Zachariah, the father of John the Baptist, he talked about John. He says, he will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. In other words, he's going to preach repentance and they're, they're going to come in droves. They're going to come to get baptized. That happened. And he will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. Now he was a predecessor. He was the one that came before Jesus, John the Baptist. Now, if John the Baptist could restore the hearts of the parent to the children, how much more the Savior, Jesus. Jesus will restore people's lives and he'll change their lives forever. Feature number three. Last one. Families firmly grounded. So families need to be welcomed. Families need to be restored. Praise God. We can be a testimony to that. And then families need to be firmly grounded. It's in the church where individuals get grounded in the things of God because the church is a body of Christ. And it's where we learn to follow his ways. It's in the church that we find out that from the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. Now, let's think about that. That's not brain surgery. Amen. Look, look, look. Your neighbor and see if they're male or female, and say, You're a female, you're a male. You know, there's no, it's pretty elementary. From the beginning, God made the male and female, therefore, a man shall leave his father and and mother. Now, that's that's revelation right there, too. A man leaves his father and mother, so it says that there's a husband and a wife, and when a, a man leaves his father and mother, he shall cleave to his wife, right. Shall leave his father and mother, and he shall cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. And so it's in the church that this is the banner is raised. And we find out that marriage is ordained between a man and a woman. It doesn't matter what society is telling us. And it's not that we want to argue or be in some way, you know, bigots or anything like that. It's we want to honor the Lord. Amen. It's foundational for a family. And then the Bible goes on. Here's another foundation. You, you find out wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, as to the Lord. In other words, respect your husbands. That's really what it's saying right there. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, let me say this, beloved, because if you put any sitcom, if you watch a movie or any television, I I don't know about you, but I am sick and tired of seeing men portrayed as weak and dumb. I'm sick and tired of seeing men portrayed that we don't have a backbone. That, that we're dumb, that we can't we can't make decisions. A man is a pillar in the home, along with his wife, and they come alongside and they compliment each other. Beloved, we have got to lay this foundation in marriages so that people can start bringing this country to where it needs to be brought. Amen. It goes on to say it does, that's all it says about the husband. Okay. Now, that I mean about the wife. You just have to respect your husband. Now, the husband, it says, now, husbands, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. In other words, how did Jesus give himself up for the church? What did he do? He died. Husbands, sacrifice your life. Do everything you can to honor your wife, to make her feel the most important of any other person in the whole world. Now, if people were to, if we were to grab a hold of that important foundation in our marriages, marriages in our society would be strong. And you're not going to hear this on a sitcom. You're not going to hear this in a movie. You're going to hear this in the church where the gospel is being preached. He goes up and he goes on and says in this same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies he who loves his wife loves himself Now let me say this beloved the family unit is the single most important institution in society It's in the family where children are molded and they're shaped And when a family connects to a Bible believing and Bible living church They will learn how God designed a family to function. Amen. Not only Bible preaching, but Bible living. And so as we appropriate the things of God, as we live these things out, then people see, man, there's a model here. This is true. This is real. This is exactly what happened to me 20 years ago. I saw that there was substance. I saw that there was the real deal. I found that this Jesus is a life changer. I found that he could change my life. And when he changed my life, I never knew love until I loved God and he loved me back. And he loved me first. And then when I found that love, I know what the love is that Shauna needs. And the love that my wife needs is not lust. You see, so many people get married for lust. And you know what? Lust runs out. That's what these movies are portraying, you know, it's this and, 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 and let me. It, sexual intimacy is a wonderful thing and that needs to be taught more in the church as well. But sexual intimacy does not make a marriage love that respects and that will go the extra mile, that will go through the challenges, that's what makes a marriage. Love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. Love is, is, is going through the long haul. Love is sacrificing for one another. Amen. And that's exactly what Jesus Christ does in our lives. And so when children see this modeled, then they begin to say, this is real. The Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. It's foundational. Children need to hear the truth, they need to see the truth lived out, and this happens in the church. The last thing I want to talk, I want to say, last scripture reference is that children need to understand how important it is for them to honor people. I, I, I was blown away the other day. We, we had uh, uh, Brady and Tiani Whitman over for dinner. And uh, we got done eating. And Tiani got up. You know, she was uh, playing and, and watching TV, you know, just doing things. And she got up from her seat without anyone saying anything. And kudos to Brady. You're doing something really right, brother. She got up by herself and she started getting everyone's dish from the table and started to clear the table by herself and putting them in the sink. That's someone, someone is raising their children up the right way because she's honoring and respecting adults. Here's what the Bible says right here. The Bible says children, obey your parents in the Lord. Even when your parents aren't, aren't doing the, maybe the right things, but in the Lord because you want to honor God You do that, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may be well with you and that you may live long on the earth. And then it says this, and this is so important. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Now, it doesn't say mothers. It doesn't say mothers. Or mothers, it depends what side of the track you're from. Mothers or mothers? Have you, have you seen that in scripture? It doesn't say mothers, don't provoke your children to anger. It tells us that because dads are so important to the lives of their children. And we can, we can either hurt them or we can build them up. Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger. In other words, come alongside. And and as they're honoring you, you need to honor them. You need to raise them up with the principles of God and love them where they're at and help them. And you're not called to be a friend to your kids. They don't need friends. They need fathers. They need backbones, people that are going to stand up and say, I don't care what your friends are doing. We don't do things like that. Amen. Amen. And not in in a way where you're going to make them angry, but in a way that they're going to know later on they're going to say, my dad really loved me because he told me what I needed to hear, not what I wanted to hear. Amen? Amen? So I want everyone to close their eyes. Everyone just close your eyes as we begin to close. And I want you to visualize this with me. I want you to visualize families, just visualize families coming through the doors here at Living Word Chapel and being welcomed with God's love. I want you to imagine right now a family you know who needs Jesus desperately. Now imagine this family being restored by Jesus Christ. And right now in my mind I got family, I'm thinking about them right now. Now, I want you to visualize them receiving a firm foundation and being grounded in Christ. Respect and honor are evident in their lives. Isn't this a pretty picture? I believe that God is telling us that this could become a reality. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Everything is possible with the God that we serve. So as we consider what we will give to this year's I Give campaign, I want you to just think about it. We're giving as an investment to the restoration of a family. Beloved, you can't go wrong. And I believe that God will bless us for everything we invest. Not only only money. God will bless that. But I want you to think about investing prayer. I want you to think about investing time into these people. And let God bring it to fruition. Now, before I close... If you have not experienced the love of God that comes through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to welcome Him into your life today by praying this prayer. Just pray with me. This is you. God, I am a sinner who needs your forgiveness. I feel empty and needy of of true love. And today I'm making a decision to welcome Jesus Christ into my life and into my heart. I confess that he died on the cross at Calvary for all my sins, my past sins, my present sins, and those that I'll commit in the future. I believe that Jesus was raised from the dead on the third day just like the scriptures foretold. So I want to thank you for your complete forgiveness and the unending love that you have provided for me today and forever. I choose to follow Jesus in the fellowship of his church. Amen. And amen. Now, if... This has been a message from Living Word Chapel. We hope that you've been blessed by it. Make sure you check out lwcoracle.org for more information.